You're listening to The Grits Blitz, a podcast featuring two brothers, Mikey Puckett and Connor Puckett. We grew up as childhood Atlanta Falcons fans. We watch every game, and we love to break down the film. We're paying tribute to the 1977 Atlanta Falcons defense that holds an NFL record for a 14-game season. They held opponents to 9.2 points per game. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Grits Blitz. This is Mikey Puckett. And the Atlanta Falcons get a W against Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. We win 29-22 in an epic comeback fashion. Classic throwback Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan with the game-winning touchdown. It was It was rewarding to see that happen because early on in Matt Ryan's career, that was kind of... His M.O. was final drives of games, making the comeback, making the plays, making the drive, getting in there, hitting Tony Gonzalez, hitting Roddy White, game winner, handoff to Michael Turner. And we would win. We win a lot of one-score games in the final seconds with Matt Ryan and hearing the name Matty Ice. And then the last over the last two years, it's it's been a little bit of heartbreak where the we've been on the other end of losing one-score games. But... A fourth quarter for the ages, 19 points in that fourth quarter. Pretty incredible. You know, as you're watching this game, you want him to stick it to your old OC, Kyle Shanahan, which we did. And you're starting to think, you know, they're they're winning this football game in the fourth quarter. And in the old haunting of Super Bowl um, 51, um, arise, arises within Kyle. And, and we, we come on, a, we have a 19-point run in the fourth quarter to beat the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, that has to be a little chilling um, for him. And it was just good. It was just good. We, we suck as as a football team, and it was just really good to to get a win against. The 49ers are a good football team. Um, they are playing really well. Garoppolo, Kittle, um, Breda, Coleman, Mostert. Um, those, guys, those guys are phenomenal players, and, and they're doing great. And it was great to see Coleman um, do well. Uh, and everything but with all that being said Falcons get the win they move to 5-9 29-22 against the San Francisco 49ers and really a game came out slinging Matt Ryan did get hit a lot got a lot of pressure once again O-line continued to play poorly our defense of line got a few opportunities because Garoppolo held to the ball too long and we were able to get to him some of those sacks just just, I mean, where's the viciousness? Where's, where's the intensity to, uh, to make a tackle, make a sack, and make it violent? Um, I guess that's part of the rules, but just kind of the hugging and grabbing, and it's just frustrating. You just want to see some, some, you know, flying around um, to the football. Um, lots of missed tackles. We had a hard time with the counter. Really, that's one of the, the things with us. They, they kept getting us Campbell and. Uh, I think it was Campbell and uh, Kittle lined up on each other. And every time that happened, they were throwing to Kittle because Campbell could not keep up with the tight end. And and they would hit Kittle, you know, for a one, two-yard out or slant, and he would bust a run for, you know, 10, 15, 20 yards um, just because Campbell um, couldn't keep up. Uh, but when you look at Matt Ryan's football game, um, and consider, considering what he has been doing in the last few weeks, 25 for 39, 210 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, I'll take it. Um, he had a horrendous game. Um, the week before, and it's just, it's just incredible how bad that football game was. But it's great to bounce back and make the plays. Uh, Julio Jones is a freak of nature. 
some of these catches he's making is just incredible. Uh, absolutely incredible. We're watching um, an incredible talent in Julio Jones. So let me uh, look a little bit into the details um, of the stats. Uh, our lead um, tackler was Campbell with 11 um, tackles, um, six solo tackles. Then you have Oliver. Never a good sign when a corner is making a lot of tackles. Um, Deion Jones with nine. They really did go after Campbell, um, and, and they saw him maybe as one more of the, more of the slower um, slower backs back there. But Beasley with a sack. Uh, when we look at Havoc plays, tackle for losses, only six Havoc plays. They ha uh, Six Havoc plays in the sense of a tackle for loss and a sack. Uh, I, I can't. I haven't been able to see how many balls we batted down. I don't see that here. Uh, but that would be considered a havoc play um, compared to their six. So they only had six. So and this defense is is really good, and and we we were able to put 19 points on them in the fourth quarter. And, I, and I'm proud of our defense. We held them to um, 13 in the third, gave up nine um, in the fourth, and and were able to hold on and, and get it done there, um, which is encouraging. Um, it's really great to have Austin Hooper back. Um, he just is another body. I think our offense just operates way better with Austin Hooper in the game. Uh, than when he's hurt, uh, and so those those are those are some great signs and good things to see um, happening for our team is is getting a little bit healthier. I do want to bring up the subject of uh, Devonte Freeman. Um, I, I think it's time to cut ties with Freeman and and say see you later and and trade him. Uh, we should try to trade him or we should try to do something because uh, he is, uh, yeah, it's just an issue. Twelve carries for thirty nine yards. I know the. Offensive line is bad this year and is struggling to create chemistry and, and to play together as a football team, but we we can't have. We can't. He just looks so slow and just stuck in mud. He doesn't look comfortable. He doesn't look settled. It really honestly just doesn't look like he understands the offense, and that's frustrating. I think we gotta we gotta send him down the road. And and honestly, like if we're gonna get a draft pick, I'm gonna look at our where we're at right now on the draft board. Um uh, I don't know what, what we're picking. Hold on one second. Um, mock draft. Um, where, we're, where are we set up to um, draft right now? But if we are set up um, at round five or six, I think we should go for a running back. I really like the Ohio State guy, the Dobbins dude. I don't know if he's out there. I like I like uh, you know Cam Makers. Okay, so right now they have us picking with um, – oh, come on. Where are we at? I can't find it. Um, hold on. Sorry about this. <laughs> Recording on the fly. So right now, if it, if the draft were tomorrow, um, we are projected to pick at what? What? Oh my gosh, we're we're projected to pick. At 12. Oh, man, that's terrible. See, this is where it comes in where we win a game against the 49ers. Um, we beat the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> and I'm sure we're just going to keep on winning. When it's – this is – when you win football games – and part of me last year was so excited about our team winning football games down the stretch. I was like, man, that's – that's good stuff. That's showing a sign that we will be a better team next year, that we won't quit and fight. And, and that's true. This team doesn't quit. 
there's no doubt this team doesn't quit. It does underperform um, for for an NFL team, but they don't quit. And they didn't quit last year. And they won one or two games that essentially, if they didn't win, they would they would have had like a top six pick right there with the Buccaneers. And uh, they win that overtime with the Buccaneers, and they drop back to 10th or something like that, something crazy. Uh, and, and those are like wins where you're like, you know, you don't want to go into a game and lose a game. But it's just funny how the Falcons seem to win when they shouldn't and lose when they shouldn't. It's 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 not like, okay, the season's lost. They're not going to be able to do anything. Their, t- their players are hurt. we got a lot of injuries going on. And we just keep we just keep winning, and, and that's fine down the stretch, you know, and you want to win football games. I'm not saying you don't. But at the same time, if you would just lose out, we could have a top 10 pick and get an opportunity at a phenomenal player. Now, at 12th, you know, at like a Chase Young, that's who I'd be thinking, who I think is just absolutely a freak of nature. I would love that guy. I would love to get someone um, on the pass rush in for us to be able to cause pressure for quarterbacks. Or, you know, any any defense alignment, really, to create pressure. But if we don't, if we're picking 12, I, I really would like for, for us to get a running back, a guy that can um, be elite in the backfield and, and be able to be able with his first few steps create angles for linebackers and safeties and corners that put a lot of pressure on them to take the right angle and to make a stretching hairline tackle. That would be really great because I think that's what you know good running backs are able to do if you're looking at what Dalvin Cook's doing. Um, his first two, three steps through the hole are very fast, very elite, and immediately the angles of linebackers and corners um, flatten out and become, they're all of a sudden in arm tackle position instead of body tackling positions, which results in bigger runs and less hits to your running back. Uh, so that that's pretty impressive. But all that um, to essentially um, get to the point of is, is I would love for us to get a pass rush or I'd love for us to get a running back. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I have a feeling that uh, we will we're not it's not like we're playing um our it's not like we're playing uh world beaters over the next few um over the next few weeks. We got the Panthers and I think we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um real quick, hold on. There we go. Okay, yep, so we got um, we got the Jaguars and then the Buccaneers, not the Panthers, sorry. So Jaguars next week, uh, they suck too, so just a whole bunch of suck happening next week and then a whole bunch of more suck happening with the Bucks. Now I would like to say the Bucks, uh, the Bucks have an interesting decision to make for themselves because they have, you know, Jameis Winston who just threw back-to-back 450-yard football, uh, yard games. I mean, that's that's incredible. Uh, that's never been done. So he likes to torch us, and so he will probably torch us uh, on that on December 29th um, as well. So that that would not be surprising if, if that's a loss. Uh, but like I said, at this point, might as well lose him um, because, you know, level us up into a, a top 10 pick. Um, but we did lose the Bucks. We lost to the Saints. Uh, we beat the Panthers. But I want to say something about that Saints loss. I really have – this team hasn't quit on their coach. They haven't quit on Dan Quinn. 
if you're on the side of you want Dan Quinn to not be your head coach next year, I think you're going to be surprised when the Falcons keep him because I don't think, personally, there are no signs that he is going to be fired uh, just besides his record. Um, it seems like Blank likes him, Dimitrov likes him, and he's doing the best he can with, I honestly think, with a pretty old and, and beaten up roster. Uh, and I think he is a good coach. Now, is he going to be the coach that gets us a Super Bowl one? I don't I don't know. I don't necessarily think so. But I do think he's the coach that these guys play for. And I do think these guys were underperforming. And I think they owned it and have been performing better. And if you look at, you know, if you look from, you know, when after that Seahawks loss, which was 27 to 20, um, once a, you know, a one-score game, you have win against the Saints, win against the Panthers. Saints are very good. You beat them 26-9, beat the Panthers 29-3. You know, then you lose to the Bucks, lose to the Saints. You're 500. Then you beat the Panthers and you beat um, the 49ers. You're, you're in that situation. You're four and two. This team, since playing the Seahawks, is four and two. This, if you keep that track up, that means you're going to be, you know, an eight and, you know, um, sorry, you're going to be a, you know, ten and six football team. That's a playoff contending team. This team is has the ability to be a wild card football team. And they got stuck in a rut, lose a stupid game to the Cardinals, 34 to 33, uh, and they lose a stupid game to the Colts, 27 to 24. And if you come out, you beat the Colts, 20 you win that game against the Colts, you win that game against the Titans, you win that game against the Car The Titans aren't very good either. You beat the Colts, you beat the Titans, you beat the Cardinals. I mean, you're talking about this team is right in it, and with Jaguars and Bucks to play, and in the uh, the playoff wild card in their hands. I mean, like I said, it's the NFL, so it really does come down to a few games, and, and those games, you know, the Cardinals um, and the Colts were all, you know, both those games were under three points. Could have gone either way. The Titans game is very frustrating because that was just a laid egg. And honestly, that game was one of those games that was very indicting of, you know, of our football team. So I don't know what's going to happen with Dan Quinn. Honestly, I would prefer for Dimitrov to be fired over Dan Quinn because I think Dan Quinn is a good CEO coach. I think he, when he sees mistakes or things happening, he makes adjustments, makes changes, like he moves Raheem Morris over from offense to defense. And we've seen a complete change in the defense since that move. For a coach that... For head coaches to be able to do things like that and be able to move around and show that kind of humility, that's pretty rare to see. And that's a sign that the team comes first and winning comes first and not my pride and not my ego. And a lot of coaches lose this. Most of the time, coaches lose their jobs because of pride and ego. and They're not willing to make the adjustments and changes that are willing to be made to be able to get wins. And, and Dan Quinn made changes to get wins, and we've gotten wins, and we're a 4-2 and two team over the last six games because of those changes. I mean, there's, there's nothing else to it, and, and that's fair to say. And, and you can really, you know, value that uh, about a coach. And I think that is, I think that's not bad. And I think culturally this team is sound. Uh, one of the things that we're running into is a salary cap problem. We are overpaying for some guys like Devontae Freeman. Um, we're overpaying for, um, you know, obviously Julio Jones is the best wide receiver, you know, in the, in the football, in football, maybe all time and potentially, I think probably all time coming up. Uh, we'll see how his, his career kind of ends. And uh, we're paying him that way, and, and that's going to take a hit on our team. And, and we're paying Matt Ryan like he's 
you know, one of the top three quarterbacks in the league. Um, and uh, that's taken a hit. And I don't necessarily think Matt Ryan right now is a top three quarterback, but we're paying him. We're overpaying him. I mean, let's be honest. We're overpaying Matt Ryan. We're, we're not overpaying Julio. We're paying Julio just what he deserves. Um, and if you're going to have a talent like that on your team, you got to pay that talent like that in order to keep that talent. But what we see around the league is when you're paying, you got to win. And what we're seeing in a lot of teams that make Super Bowl runs is they're winning with young quarterbacks. And this is what happens is they get a rookie young quarterback at first on a rookie deal, and they get guys around that rookie quarterback, like, you know, the Rams just made a run with Goff. Goff, okay? Goff. He is he's playing terrible football right now. Jared Goff, okay? Jared, yes, I'm talking about Jared Goff. Yeah, he went to the Super Bowl last year. Because he was on a rookie deal, and because you were able to rec- you were able to pay, um, and get like an Adamican Sue, be able to get um, like a Long, be able to get these incredible athletes on defense to play lights out for you and to carry your football team. I mean, what are we seeing with the Ravens? Same thing, Lamar Jackson. You know, rookie deal, making things happen. Which, by the way, Lamar Lamar Jackson is is absolutely incredible. Uh, athlete and football player. Um, this say least. Maybe we'll touch on that in a second. But what we're seeing is is the Falcons are struggling because of the money they have to shell out to their elite talent, which deserve it. But the problem is, is you have you're paying a lot of money for guys that are aging, like a Freeman, like a Julio. Julio deserves it, like a Matt Ryan. In order for this team to be successful moving forward. We do need to consider, Matt Ryan needs to consider taking less money. Should he? That's his own personal, I don't think, I've had no problem with guys taking their money. You've earned it. You're playing a violent game. Get your money. Make your millions because your lifespan has probably been shortened by a solid 20 years (laughs) and, and go get it. And it's awesome. You're having fun. You're playing the sport that you love. You're making dreams happen. You're making your dreams come true. But man, they should get their money. But if you want to win championships, you got to understand that this is a business and organization. At the end of the day, money is going to get you the players you need to do so, especially on the defensive line. And that is where we need to put the money. And so we'll see. I think you need to cut times with Freeman. And honestly, if you really want to make big waves, I love, absolutely love Julio Jones. You might have you and they're not going to part ways with them, but one of those thoughts is you might have to part ways. Do not pay Austin Hooper a ton of money. You cannot pay him a ton of money. You can't. You need to get guys on defense to lock this this defense up and get it sound and get it playing right and get this offense playing right again. So these are just the issues that you run into when you're a team that has some salary issues and, and the Falcons have significant salary issues. And so what they can do is is limited. I mean, this team is probably going to look very similar to what it is next year. I think it is could next year be a 10 and 16, but I also think it could be once again like an 8 8 and 8 team or a 7 and 9 team. 10 and 6 teams and 8 and 8 teams are not very different. What happens for a 10 and 16 and an 8 and 8 team is a little bit of luck, a little bit of an edge on coaching usually or something, and, and, some, and some opportunities that we're taking advantage of. I mean, it, it can come down to points. 
and it come down to extra points, a 10 and 16 and an 8 and 18. Right now we're 7 and 9, and honestly an 8 and 18 and a 7 and 19, there's not much difference either. So, you know, we're on track to becoming, looking like a 7 and 19. I wouldn't be surprised if we're a 6 and, I think we deserve to be a 6 and, you know, 10 team, um, but we'll see. But that, that's one of those situations where you, you're playing, you're in the middle of the pack. In the middle of the pack in the NFL, it's just it's points. It's it's like one or two points for each team that could go either way, and then you're a playoff team. And and the Falcons lately have been on the better side of those. In, in the last two years, they haven't. Uh, but let me t- let me touch on what we're seeing with Lamar Jackson. People are saying you know he's better than Michael Vick. So let me tell you, Lamar Jackson is equivalent <laughs> to at least Michael Vick. People are uh, hating on uh, our boy Vick. Um, and, and I personally love Michael Vick. Um, he's made mistakes, but I'm for him. I love that dude. Um, I think he's he's done a good job, um, you know, making up for those, and he's done his time. But listen, that dude was. I I really do think he was faster than Lamar. Now, I don't know if he was, but when you watch Vick's highlights in Lamar's, they're pretty similar, <laughs> pretty dang close. So they're at least the same speed. Vick could chuck that ball Lamar may be be a little bit more accurate um but one of the the great things about Lamar is he's on a team that likes to run the football so and uh has a passion for it it's a hardball team so that that's running the football team so he gets to be on that team and I I think he'll be winning that MVP as well um and and he and you know you have the Patriots people people are saying that their dynasty is over listen don't be surprised if the Patriots are fooling us if they are I, I know they like to win, but maybe they're playing vanilla, a little vanilla against some of these playoff contending teams. They're trying to win. They're definitely trying to win, but they're keeping some things close to the chest because they know they're going to see them in the playoffs, and when they see them in the playoffs, they're going to whoop their butts. I'm just saying, I'm, don't be surprised. They could be legitimately the dynasty over. They're bad. Tom Brady's leaving and all of that. I don't know, but do not be surprised if you see Tom Brady go on a tear in the playoffs because Bill Belichick and him have been playing it close to the chest against the Chiefs, against the Ravens, and boom, all of a sudden those teams are done in the playoffs and, and they're in the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. The playoffs are shaping out to be incredible, awesome football games. So getting excited to see what happens there. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens with the Eagles and Cowboys. I mean, these two teams, I mean, does do any of them want, do what they want to be in the playoffs? I don't know. <laughs> They're both playing like they don't want any part in it. So listen, love you guys. Thank you for listening. You know, it's an honor uh, to get to, um, you know, share thoughts and talk about the Falcons. It's been a hard year. Um, it's hard to watch a team struggle this much and, and be passionate about it. So to those who listen, who watch the games, who care, uh, who care about this team and this franchise, uh, man, kudos to you. I think it's on your shoulders that this fan base is, is going to become uh, the best fan base in the NFL. I really think uh, you know that's something that the Atlanta Falcons we struggle in, in being known as as a good fan base, and partially because the team hasn't been good to cheer for uh, in history in our history but uh i think i think it's good to it's good that you guys are listening checking in and, and uh caring about the falcons um you know it's just an honor to get to um have a community uh around football around this game and it, it's going to come to the end in two weeks 
Um, but but we won't be done. We'll, we got some talking to do, some talking points. We might be talking new coach hires. We might be talking draft picks. Uh, we might be talking, um, you know, what we're doing in the off season, what the deals are looking like, and salary caps. So we'll see. So hey, listen, go Falcons, rise up, let's get it. Thank you for listening to the Grit Splits. We appreciate all you guys and everything you guys do for us. If you feel so, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That would mean the world to us. If not, don't worry about it. We understand. But if, if you feel like we, we deserve it, we've earned it, uh, please give us a five-star review. We appreciate you guys as our listeners. We appreciate everything you guys are doing for us in the podcast. Uh, go Falcons. Rise up. Rise up.